Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am so excited to have Dr. Brian Dixon on the call with me today. I'm excited because I want to introduce you to him if you don't already know him. He has an incredible God story. And so I want to welcome Brian to the podcast. Ren, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am such a fan of Brian, y'all. Like, you're going to be like, Ren, stop. But I am because of all of his business advice that he has given me uh, over the years that he didn't even know he was giving me uh, mm. through his podcast and through the Hope Writers podcast from years ago. And then a one-on-one call we had and um, and has led me to my podcast coaching business. So he has no idea about all of those, but he has been a uh, very impactful to me. And then I continued listening and learning more about Brian and that he has an amazing God story. And so he's going to come on and tell us that today. Brian, could you introduce yourself really quickly about your family, where you live and what your doctorate is in? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm so excited to chat with you today. I think that so many of us have have a plan. We have a vision for what we think our life is going to look like. And often that starts around junior, maybe high, maybe senior year of high school, because we have to make a decision, right? We have to make a decision that we're going to go to college generally. And we sort of know generally what we're going to, what we're going to study. So for me, there was a fork in the road. Am I going to do more kind of sports stuff or I'm going to do more creative music stuff? So I decided to go down the road of being a musician and I, went to Bible college and I studied fine arts. So that meant music and theater, not musical theater, but music and theater. And I was in a band and I thought that was my calling that I was going to write songs and lead worship for Jesus. Like that was going to be my thing. And, and I decided not to pursue sports. And at the end, about halfway through my freshman year of college, I was in a life-changing car accident, literally like on my way to day of prayer, which our, our whole Bible college takes a day off every February ish for me, it was February 20th, took the day off of school. And, and I was the worship leader headed to this church to lead worship for the, for our whole college with, with my, with my little band. And, and on the way we got in this major car accident, icy road in the middle of nowhere, Canada. And I was pinned in the car. We got T-boned. I was the driver. So we, I was pinned in the car. They had to use the jaws of life to get me out of the car. And uh, I broke my hip and my pelvis in 26 places. Mm -hmm. I've had, I had three doctors tell me I would never walk again. And they weren't sure they weren't even sure if I, I could have kids. And we've now have three kids and I've done at least we're trying to, we've lost track, but I've at least, I've at least done five full marathons and at least five triathlons, which is just an incredible wow. God story. And, and for me, just being mobile is always a reminder of, of redemption and of grace. And, and uh, it, it, it sort of shifted the trajectory of my life as well. 
um, the, the band thing didn't quite work out. Uh, all the other band members after college, they're like, we're not doing this. We're going to go get jobs. And I was like, what about the band? And so <laughs> I ended up, I ended up being a school teacher because I thought I like teaching guitar lessons. I like leading worship at summer camp. So maybe I can help kids. And I really fell in love with teaching. And, and in my teacher education class, I fell in love with one of the other students. My, my, um, uh, my wife, Julie was also a teacher candidate. She was learning how to be a teacher as well. So, so we fell in love at, at a second Bible college I went to, and uh, we've been married going on 20 years this summer, 20 years, three kids living in Charlotte, North Carolina, and, and we're trying to raise entrepreneurial kingdom minded kids. So we want, we want our kids to, to basically take over the world for Jesus. And I think that one of the best ways to do that is through entrepreneurship. So my, my son has already started and sold his business. He, uh, he, he has a business called Bible builds, biblebuilds.com. It's, it's Lego and Bible. So if, if you have kids or grandkids that are into Lego, go to biblebuilds.com, basically Ryland and, and how his, uh, business partner, Jefferson Bethke, they teach a Bible story, the kids around the world, build, build a Lego build, take pictures of it, upload it to the community. It's really, really fun. So we, we, we go out to LA twice a year to film all his videos, which is really fun. My daughter's got a business that she's starting. She's nine and my six-year-old is being a six-year-old. So <laughs> that's, that's us right now. That is incredible. Well, and I, I dug a little bit to get some details, but I did not dig far enough to know that you met Julie when you were teaching, when you were yep. teaching, teaching. That, that was our is first, yeah. awesome. It was our first class in a math for teachers class. And, and a little bit of the behind the scenes story is it was, it was really hard for me after I was in a, car accident in college in, in my freshman year of college and and I, I did college in three years so so two years later I was full on gonna be a worship leader and a like switch foot model like a rock star for Jesus and when and literally the day of graduation three of my band members quit and I was like I was mm -hmm. devastated I mean that's the truth I was devastated my dreams that I had of, of going and being a touring musician completely crumbled on that day. It was mm -hmm. most people would celebrate their graduation. I was depressed. Mm -hmm. And so right. I had some money saved up because we were going to go tour the United States where I was living in Canada. We were going to go tour the United States in the summer. We had gigs and everything. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I took the rest of that money with my parents' counsel, took the rest of that money and, and did a, a backpacking trip to Europe in November. <laughs> So it was cold. I was alone. I was depressed. Wow. And, and the last thing my dad said to me before I was what, 18, 19, 20 years old, something like that. Um, last thing my dad said to me before I, I got on the plane to go to Ireland was, I think you should come back and, and go to CIU, Columbia International University, which is where he was teaching. So come go to another Bible college, get a master's in teaching and learn to be a teacher. And for me, I, I thought, that's, it's a stuffy conservative Southern school. There's no way that I would go there. Uh, I had sort of this Canadian liberal kind of mindset at the time. And uh, I'm like, there's no way I'd ever go there. I'm not going to meet anyone that I like. Uh, all my cool Canadian rocker friends don't go there. And literally the Lord took 40 days to really break me. And, and the first thing I said to my dad after I got off the plane in Columbia, South Carolina was I'm ready. I'm ready to go to Columbia International. I'm ready to go to Bible college again, and I'm ready to become a teacher. So it took 40 days for, for him to sort of Jacob wrestle me into, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and as a result, I mean, it's been amazing, Ren, because I was, I was actually in K-12 education for 14 years. And I was like, I was like the, the young male teacher that always got in trouble with the administration. <laughs> so it would be like, where's Mr. Dixon's class? And we were like outside building something, you know, and, and yeah. long story short, I had the dream opportunity about, um, 
nine years into being a, uh, a teacher, uh, I, I had I had kind of grown my way into administration. We're now living in San Diego, California, and and I was starting to do consulting and speaking at conferences. Fell in love with speaking at conferences and meeting other educators who wanted to innovate and change the the system. And I had an amazing opportunity to do a consulting project down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And I'd never been to Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I didn't. I couldn't even put it on a map. And I went out there in the middle of July for three days to sort of train them on how to create an innovative school. And we whiteboarded it and we had this big, fancy, crazy idea of the school and for three days. And, and as they were dropping me off at the airport to get back on my plane and go back to San Diego, the last thing they said to me was, um, we, we're going to do this. We have the money. We're going to do this. And we want you to come be the CEO of the school to mm. be the founding director of the school. Mm. And I was like, what? Like, not only can I dream, but I can, I can do this thing. Cause I've been wow. told no so mm -hmm. much. I think as an entrepreneur, we're told no all the time, but we just yeah. eat no's for breakfast, right? <laughs> and we're just like, where's yeah. my yes? I got to find a yes somewhere. Mm -hmm. So we moved our family. My wife was pregnant at the time with our first one. So, so we decided to leave San Diego, which we probably couldn't afford anymore anyway, on one salary, moved to Baton Rouge, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and start the Mentorship Academy. I renamed it. They wanted to call it something else. I renamed it the Mentorship Academy, launched it. Um, from zero kids, zero teachers, didn't have a building. The building fell through. Like we had wow. nothing mm. besides a little bit of money to get it started. And we were able to grow it. I left when we had 540 students, um, ninth wow. through 12th grade. We were able to build it from scratch and really like first generation college bound kids who had, who had never, never seen the Mississippi river, even though many of them lived just a mile or two away. Um, and wow. so it was a really rewarding experience. And as a result, I fell in love with writing and speaking, mm -hmm. and I decided to continue doing that. And uh, mm -hmm. so I kind of started my own thing uh, a few years later. Well, it's, it's incredible. And you can see the hand of God in all of it, probably in yeah. you're in the middle of it. You're like, I don't know what's happening. You know, my band <laughs> fell apart and I'm having this horrible accident. Let, let's go back a little bit. Um, let's go back to that, where you heard three doctors say, Mm -hmm. that you would never walk again. You had this horrible accident. You, yep. you have 26, you know, breaking bones, man, yep. like what, what is going through your head at that moment? Do you remember? Oh yeah. Oh, very, very vividly. Well, first of all, the longer story is that it was February 20th. So the night of February 19th in rural Manitoba, Canada. So that is, it's cold, right? It's like minus 40 in February. Mm -hmm. February is actually the, the month that the most people commit suicide in Manitoba because it's the coldest, wow. most depressing month, mm -hmm. okay? So middle, middle of February and it rained. That's weird. So February 19th, it rained. It was a freak rainstorm. And as a result, all of the, the icicles and just the weight of the ice knocked out the power. So, so the person who normally salts the roads in the morning, the alarm didn't go off because at the time, right, we had those alarm clocks that we used to plug in and, and if they, <laughs> right. So, yeah. so he slept in, which meant the roads were a sheet of ice. And because I was the worship leader, I, we were up at like six in the morning to get across uh, maybe 10 miles away to go to the church. So, so as I'm driving the car, I couldn't stop. And, and Manitoba is, is the kind of place, like if your dog runs away, you can see it run away for three days. Like it's so flat okay. that you can just right? So no overpasses or anything like that. Mm. So, so I'm skidding towards the stop sign as if in slow motion. And I look to my left and I see another car who's also trying to stop both of us going highway speed. 
And just as in slow motion, I see this car coming straight at me. So I had the wherewithal to lean to the middle of the car. And that's literally what saved my life because my neck, my, my head, my, my heart, my lungs, none of that was damaged because I leaned so far over to the middle of the car. So it's just kind of like I, I, I kind of put my left hip out towards the car or towards the door. And that's what got hit. Wow. And so um, after the impact, I closed my eyes, clenched my fist and closed my eyes. And then what felt like a few minutes later, I opened my eyes and I remember looking at my hands and just opening and closing them and sort of just like this childlike awe of I'm alive and my hands work. And I wow. remember in the, in the moment, like literally in the moment, I was like, Lord, these aren't my hands. These are your hands. My hands are gone. Like I should have died like in the moment. And then I looked beyond my hands and I saw the crumpled dashboard and the broken glass. And then I heard the screaming of my other bandmates in the car that uh, one of our singers, she cut her ear. And so everybody's freaking out in the moment. And, and I just had this like prayer of dedication of like that I'm on borrowed time now. And I met several people now. I, I literally had a conversation with somebody two, two weekends ago who has also kind of faced death. And I'm like, I'm not afraid to talk about death. In fact, I think Christians need to talk about death a lot more because, because we sort of build these plastic lives around us and we insulate ourselves from death. And instead, if we were more open about the brevity of life and the value of life, I, th I think we'd be a better witness. What's very interesting about these COVID times that we've been in is that um, we see fear and yet Christians are the ones that should live without fear, right? Perfect love cast out fear. It's just so interesting to see the way the churches responded and so many churches have closed and stuff. And you're just like, what do you put your hope in? Like, how do we not go to church anymore? And it, actually in, uh, in, in Quebec, uh, in Canada, you have to show a vaccine passport to go to church. So it's, wow. it, I'm not trying to get political here, but it's just very interesting that, um, that when, when we're close enough to, to the end, it, it's a focus filter of what's important. And I think we as believers have such an opportunity um, to, to speak truth into a dark place like, like death. And so I was privileged. I count it a joy, a privilege to be in a car accident in, as, a, as an 18-year-old because the rest of my life, I know that uh, I have a limited amount of time. So I want to make the most of every day for the days are evil. And so literally today I'm like, oh, I got a gift. I'm awake. I'm here. I go. Like, let's mm. go uh, in uh, five days from now. It's going to be 25 year anniversary of my accident. So wow. it's, I've, I've now had 25 extra years mm. and that chokes me up a little bit, 25 extra years. How have I done? Right. That's my, that's my measure of success. How have I done with that? Mm. And you know what? I think the reason why you're such a dynamic speaker and a dynamic coach is because of the fact that you have lived that and that you are on a mission from God, like you're mm. on mission and I'm going to quote. Yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to quote you. You're right. You're right. We're going to preach. Um, I heard in a past interview, I'm going to quote you. Yep. Uh, you said, I can't quote the Bible if I don't know the Bible. Yes. And so part of that as living on mission for God, we have to know the word of God because around yeah. us, culture is telling us things that are not biblical, right? Yep. You're, you're holding yep. up your Bible because we have yep. to know it. So tell us, how do you do that as a husband leading his family in times like this with kids, with a wife, with a business? How do you do that? Well, yes. Oh, I love it. It's such a great question. 
we have to get in the word in the word of God every single day. I see too many Christians arguing with the word of God. Either they don't know the word of God or they're arguing with the word of God. And yet the word of God itself says it's living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. We need the armor of God. We need to put on the armor of God every day. And so how do we do that? You have to sacrifice something. So, so whatever it is, sacrifice something. I'd recommend sacrificing a little sleep. Do what Jesus did. Wake up in the morning and get away from everybody. What did Daniel do? What did, what did um, so many people in the Bible, but I think Jesus is a great example like as busy as he was as many people that wanted to be around jesus as he was he he got away he woke up early and he got away and he and he prayed and he studied the scripture and i think that's what we need to do we need to pray we need to study the scripture and there's amazing tools for it um i i'm a proverbs guy so i read a proverb every day and i'm actually taking the month off of reading a proverb every day and instead i started um using the abide app and so the, the way that the Abide app works, it's great. They read a passage of scripture, they kind of explain it, and then they tend to take you through this little kind of meditation exercise. The Bible talk, tells us to meditate on the word anyway, so that, that feels good, and that feels in, in align with scripture. And so this morning, I was up at 4.45, um, which means you have to go to bed early, which means I can't watch the extra episode of whatever show I'm watching, yep, right? Yep. Like, I, you have to sacrifice that. And, and this is going to sound a little crazy, but I just decided for the next hundred days, I'm just, I'm not going to see double digits before I go to bed. So that means I have to go to bed before 10 o'clock. Now that's a little nuts. Cause I like to stay up late, but let's so last night we went to bed at like, I fell asleep at nine 15, which meant I woke up at four 43. I was like, I'm awake. <laughs> and, and so then I went downstairs, I turned the fire on. We got one of those fires you can just turn on. So I turned on the fire, I turned off all the lights and I just sat there right in front of the fire. I opened up my abide app, put my headphones in and I just listened to the 10 minute thing. And as a result, like I was like, oh, this is so good. And then I, I read a little scripture. I watched a, a John Bevere training. Like I do other scripture things to, to put the word of God into my heart, into my mind, uh, because from the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if, if my heart is filled with sports scores, if my heart is filled with TikTok influencers, if my heart is filled with what's going on in the news today and what's happening with presidential politics, that's what I'm going to talk about. But instead, if I'm filling my heart with the things of God, then I'm going to see the things of God. And I'm going to say, that's an injustice over there. That's a justice we need to support. This 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 person needs to hear the truth. And so it, I, I have to put it in me in order for it to come out of me. Hmm. Well, and I also admire this about you, that you are saturated in scripture. And when you come across on social media or any other form of social media, Facebook or Instagram or stories, yeah. you have scripture coming to mind. Like even in this interview, you've, you've right. spouted out scripture. And so I, I love that that is a part of your life. How can we as moms, because there are mm -hmm. most of us are moms or grandmoms that are listening. How yeah. can we put that scripture or how can we really encourage our husbands yeah. to have that scripture you know, that, that discipline of the scripture in their, in their hearts, and then just allow them to grow spiritually. How can we support them in that? I love it. It's such a good question. We could really dive in there. This is how I know God is true. And, and the Bible is true. It's this right here. It's the way that he set up the family, because if it were up to human wisdom and human tradition, this family wouldn't have been set up in the way that God set it up. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I think one of the biggest mistakes we make as Christians is we, was we apply worldly wisdom to things that are of God and marriage was created before the fall and the, and the, and the hierarchy, the order of marriage was created before the fall. Right. And so, um, 
only God does something, right? It's it's the, the stone the builders threw away became the cornerstone. And in the same way, God made men the leader of the home. Are you kidding me? Passive men, angry men, undisciplined men are the head of the home. That's crazy, God. What about the amazing Christian women? Why not the mom? The mom has it all together. The mom's organized. The mom knows what's going on with the kids. God, you must be dumb. And we do that, right? We approach God with clenched fists and we say, shame on you. You didn't make things the way that they're supposed to be. I think I know better. So I think it starts with deciding who God is. And you have to decide, am I going to deconstruct because I'm my own God? Or am I going to trust the God of the Bible and trust in his infinite wisdom? His ways are higher than my ways. His thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so they don't always make sense. They don't always make sense. What do I, send to, what do I say to my friend who four days ago told me that his 11-year-old son said he's gay? What do I say to that guy? I have to say, I love you, but that's not what the Bible says. That's not the way God made it. Yeah. I'm sorry. I love you, but I'm not going to apply human wisdom, fouled human wisdom. And in the same way, women who are listening, I love my Christian women. I, I work mostly as a business coach to Christian women. I, I think we have to understand the natural created order. And that is for us not to become the head of the home, mm -hmm. but to allow uh, the men in our lives to step up. And I, I, daily punch men in the face metaphorically. Like I get in the face of the guys in my life. I had, I had coffee with one this morning and, and we good Christian men are frustrated with all of us, all these wimpy guys out there. Mm -hmm. um, and so if you're married to a wimpy guy, I stay married to him, but you, you got to pray for him. Okay. You have to pray for him and you have to let him lead. And I, that's just, that's hard, right? It's so much easier because I'm a guy. It's so much easier for just to us work really hard all day and then let our wives, and my wife's amazing, let our wives run the home, let her, let, let her teach the kids. But we men are instructed to lead our kids in the ways of the Lord. All throughout scripture, it's to guys. So it's, it's really our job. So what do you do if you're married to a, a passive guy? Because most of us are passive until God really shakes our, <laughs> shakes our tree. Um, I, I think you have to give an opportunity for, for leadership. So that would be number one is allow him to lead. And it might be as simple as, honey, would you pray for the meal today? That's a, that's a good place to start. Um, number two, I, and man, it's like, like, what kind of crutches work best? Because that's what we're talking about. This isn't the way it should be, right? The guys should just mm -hmm. step up, period, end of story. But but most aren't uh, from my experience. And so uh, number one, uh, give them an opportunity. Number, number two is to celebrate the small victories. And mm -hmm. so after he teaches one of your kids something, then say, honey, that was awesome. I love seeing you lead in that way. Like encourage, encourage the behavior you want to see, right? Um, that would be number two. And then I think, I think praying together is probably the biggest one. It, it just completely changes um, a marriage. It, it really changed Julian, my marriage, when we just started praying together. It's not that hard. I talk about this in my book, Start With Your People. It's not that hard to pray with each other. Before you go to bed, you reach your hand over, you hold his hand, you say, hey, could you pray for us tonight? And that's it. He's he probably not going to say no. He might say, can you pray first? But just start the daily routine of praying together. Um, Julie reminded me of this the other day. She said something about, um, she was listening to a podcast and I think it was Craig Rochelle and, and, and John Lisa uh, Bevere, and they were talking about, they know so many church leaders, men, uh, male church leaders who are, um, whose prayers aren't being answered. 
And it's like, that's an offensive, shocking thing to say. They're church leaders whose prayers aren't being answered. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, there's a scripture that says, live with your wife in an understanding way, right? Or your prayers won't be answered. And unfortunately, you might be married to a guy that's not living in an understanding way. And so God's not listening to him. So what do we have to do? We have to pray. We have to pray for him. I think those are the three things that we can do. And just hear empathy from me. Don't hear judgment. Hear empathy because that's got to be really tough. Absolutely. But don't give up on him though, right? Don't give up on him. Be like Abigail. Abigail didn't give up on Nabal. God took care of Nabal later. <laughs> you know, that's on that's on him. But she didn't give up on him. And I don't I don't yeah. think you give up on him. I think you give him some space to grow. And you know, guys, I mean, we're we're raised in the in the everybody gets a trophy generation, mommified generation. And so uh I I I welcome some of the adversity that we're facing as Christians because I have seen, Ren, I've seen guys who have been so passive their entire life. Now they have to stand up for what they believe at work. And all of a sudden, like, wait, I didn't get fired or I did get fired. Now I might be able to step up at home a little bit too. Mm. So I actually think, um, right, James says, uh, count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Us Christians are facing trials of many kinds. This is actually an opportunity for some guys to step up. And so if you're shocked because your husband starts leading a little bit, you got to like let him lead a little bit. Mm. Mm. That's a good word. Because, you know, after the fall, we all want to take charge of our husbands. So that's something we have to deal with. But I think these are encouraging things and practical things. And I love Mm. that. Okay. So in the culture, we talked about the culture a little bit today. Uh, How, I think you do this really well. And I don't know if it's hard or easy for you, probably a little bit of both, but when you are online, um, how do you stand strong? I see you standing strong in your faith and really going, like going for it and just saying, yes. put it, drawing a line in the sand. And this is like, this is what I believe. And yeah. this is how, why I believe it. So tell us, how do we do that as anyone? How can we do that online? Cause our lives are a lot online nowadays. So yep. how do we do that? Well, I think it starts with facing the worst case scenario. And the question is what can man do to me? Mm. It's an issue of fear. We either fear men or we fear God pick one. We will always live with fear, but fear has to be placed in the right order and not misplaced. So for me in 2020, when everyone was at home and all they had was judging thumbs, right? We're just all <laughs> mad at each other on the internet. Yes. I, uh, people in one of my communities that I'm involved in came after me mm-hmm. and it was a hard, it was a hard time. Um, and I, there's not a lot I, I'm, I'm really able to get into, but, but the point of all that was I realized that there is no security in fear of man. There is, there's no peace. There's no joy in being afraid of what man thinks of you. Because what I realized in that, in that moment and and over the course of the next few months, kind of processing that experience was there's no cost there. There's no eternal cost to standing up for my faith. There's actually an eternal cost to not standing up for my faith. So I kind of just had to do the math. It's kind of like Jesus says, like, uh, it's a foolish person who goes to build a tower and doesn't count the cost. And so here's, here's what I did. Like literally the Lord put this on my heart. I was, um, it was right before the last election. It was a very tenuous and, and, and an emotion filled election. And I was on a run. And, and as I already mentioned, like runs are a pretty emotional thing for me. Cause I'm very grateful to be running. It was a big run. So I'm on a run and I'm just like, Lord, like, is there anything I can do about this election? People are going after each other. And it was COVID. It was all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And, and I just literally heard him say, pray for the States. 
I was like, what does that mean? That's so weird. What are you talking about, God? Like I'm running along. I'm listening to my music. I'm running along. Pray for the States. What does that mean? I'm just trying to start praying now. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just going to keep running. And so I'm running through this neighborhood. And then like the next house I got to, it was this st- a state flag and it said, uh, Ohio. I was like, what? No. Okay. So I keep running. And then there was another flag, a couple of doors down and said, Nebraska. Yeah. I was like, oh. no. And I keep running. And there's like one more, I had to see three flags because I'm, I'm a little slow on the, up- <laughs> on the uptake here, but I like finally got it. I'm like, okay, pray for the States. So, so then I was like, 50 states. What if I prayed for one state a day? And I like, I just felt this confirmation over me, one state a day. So I like had my phone. So I, I, I asked, I'm like, Siri, how many, how many days until the election day? And Ren, no joke, 50 days. I just and got I chills. Like, I was like, okay, here we go. Wow. Okay. What does that mean? And I <laughs> shut down my, my Instagram. Mm. I shut it down. I did not talk about business. I did not talk about writing. I did not talk about coaching. Nothing that I normally talk about. Instead, every single day for the next 50 days, I woke up an extra hour early. I think you can tie your time. So I kind of tied my time an extra hour early and I went, Alabama, here we go. First state. And I, I researched it. I studied it. I was like, who's the governor? Who's the, who are the senators? What's the biggest social issue? What's how's the state of the church? What's the state of evangelism? What's going on? What are the recent laws? Like, like learn all about Alabama for an hour, four to five in the morning. And then I would write out a prayer on my, on my laptop, I'd write out like, this is what I would pray for. And then I posted it to my Instagram and I just designed a little like logo of the state, like a, like a little map of the, uh, an outline of the, of the, of the shape of the state. Mm-hmm. And it was just pray, pray for the States, 50, 50 States I call it a revival prayer, pray, pray for the 50 States. So for 50 days, Brian went off the rails, like just prayed for these 50 states in a row. And I mean, mostly positive comments, but some really negative ones, especially ones that had passed some radical agendas recently, because we're praying for those states. And it was just, it was a moment of um, what's more important. My, I think I had 25,000 followers on Instagram at the time. Like I will burn it all down for you, Lord, Mm. right? Burn it all down. And so we, we, uh, we did that every day. And then, and then like the night before the election for 50 minutes, we took a minute to pray for each state. It actually ended up being like three hours long, but we did this. And after it was over, I, I literally heard like in my prayer time, I heard, well done, good and faithful servant. Go back to post on Instagram like normal. I was like, am I now a guy who like does this for a living? Nope. Nope. It was just mm-hmm. like, is this your idol? Is this your idol? And that's the question I have for each of your listeners right now. Like what in your life is an idol right now? The Lord recently convicted me of alcohol, said, I think that thing's more important than you hearing from me. The Lord's discipline is a blessing to us. Mm-hmm. So I think when, when he shows us a blind spot, we can now decide if it becomes a stumbling block or if it gets removed. It's not a blind spot anymore. So he might be convicting your listeners of something right now and like, let's go, right? If he's convicting you of something right now, you got to shut it down. Because if you don't, it's an idol. If you still hang on to it. So maybe it's deleting your TikTok for 30 days or Lent or whatever. depends on when you're listening to this. For me, it was alcohol. I was like, you know, do I, I need a glass of wine every night. 
Do you need a glass of wine every day? No, of course you don't need anything. You just need, you just need the Lord, right? Jesus has a very kind of laissez-faire attitude. At least that's the way we see it in our modern context of like, you don't need clothes. You don't need food. I gotcha. Like that's the modern translation of it. Like, I got you. Look at the, look mm. at the flowers of the field. Look at the birds of the air. Are you kidding me? I know the hairs in your head and, but we're worried and we've made worry an idol. And, and so I, I think we need to surrender that. And so, so when it comes to fear of man, I think you choose fear of man or fear of God. I know who I will appear before one day and it's not Mark Zuckerberg, mm. right? It's, it's not, it's not. Facebook influencers that are going to be evaluating how successful my life was. It's the Lord of hosts. And so if that means surrendering my Instagram or what other people think of me. And so I like to be a little bit of a provocateur when I talk about things on the internet, because I think we need to inspire authentic conversation because deep questions lead to deep truths and we're not asking the right questions. So that's kind of how I approach social media. First, it's always after a prayer time. It's always after a, I call it the holy hour, holy hour in the morning. I don't write anything until I've heard something. And so I'll, I'll take five days and not post anything. And all of a sudden I'm like, really, Lord, you want me to say that? Okay, here we go. Mm-hmm. And it's Buckle really up. fun. <laughs> it's really fun to see people's responses. Um, but I could always do a better job of doing it with a kindness. I don't want to be a bully, but I think truth, right? truth, truth will set you free. You'll know the truth and the truth will set you free, mm-hmm. but it's not, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you feel good. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. the truth hurts. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I, you said that your, uh, follower count was over 25,000 and then yeah, now what is it? 18. So there is yeah. a cost. You said earlier, there's a cost to this, but 100%. it's not you know, it's, it's a non-negotiable, you know, it's, it's it's, it's worth it. So uh, I think that is so refreshing because you're modeling that for us. You're modeling this and saying, Hey, I'm doing this, but it's okay. It's worth it. I'm I'm obeying the Lord. And we talked about at our pastor preached on this a couple of weeks ago about obedience precedes blessing. He said, Mm. I'm not a legalist because people were calling him a legalist. He said, I'm not a legalist. I'm a biblicist. (laughs) I'm teaching, I'm preaching the Bible. And so, you know, I think that's really important. And in the culture we live in, we have to know the word of God. We have to have it in our hearts and then teach it to our children so that they will know and they will see it modeled uh, with them as well. So, wow, we've covered so much today. I really appreciate, would, would there be something that you would want to leave with the women that are gonna hear this conversation? What would you leave with them today over after all we've talked about? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Mm. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Mm. So if you feel, if you feel like you're getting knocked around in your life and you have no direction and you have fear and anxiety in your life, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I, I think that we have a new belief system, which is the cult of self that we trust our own understanding and we trust our feelings and we're looking for spiritual direction from all the wrong people. Yeah. So we need to stand on the word of God, trust in God's promises and lead with clarity. And, and, and the, the God of peace, right. Will transform your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. And he'll give us a peace that passes all understanding. So I call out Christian influencers who talk about anxiety because I think we've normalized anxiety. Jesus says, do not be anxious. 
And I guess there's a difference between clinical anxiety. Some I disagree with some of my Christian teachers who, who teach that. I, I think the Lord didn't preface it, and I don't think we do either. We should either. But my point is, if there's worry, if there's fear, where are you going to the Father? That's where you find your peace. Go to the Father. And that might mean for you, that might mean taking a break from wine, taking a break from, from a screen time, taking a break from Netflix, whatever it is. But I think that we have allowed worldly philosophy in our life in every way so that we just see the world through the world's lenses. And we are called to be set apart and called to be a city on a hill. And, and so I think we have to start with the word of God. We have to look to our creator for clarity because we're his kids. And, and, and the last thing I'd say is think about how you feel about your kids or your grandkids, right? Like my little six-year-old, he peed his bed two nights ago. And <laughs> that's us. We pee our bed every day, you know? <laughs> but, but like, look at how we're smiling about him tinkling his bed, right? Some of you are mad at us, say the word peed. But like, <laughs> uh, like that is us. We are messy and we're playing with, C.S. Lewis said, uh, we're, we play with mud pies and we're content to play in mm. the dirt when, when he promises us a, a holiday at sea. Mm. So know that the things of God are better they're better. And yes, it comes with a cost, but Jesus paid the ultimate price anyway. Mm -hmm. So it comes with a cost. There's joy set before you live boldly, my friends live boldly because you are the hands and feet. You are made for such a time as this. You're the only person that's the, the Christian room mom in your kid's school right now. God knew that. So you, you show up there instead of looking at your screen, look at the person behind the screen, right? Look at the person across the table from you because there's so the, the, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. You are a Christian worker. Do good work today. Tell people about the Lord, share the reason you have for the hope. Amen. Amen. That'll preach. That will preach. Start a hashtag that. <laughs> hey, thanks so much for joining me today. There is one question that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast and it's my, it's, it's just because I want to know I'm, I'm nosy. I want to know what they're it. eating, reading and loving. So I know you're in a book club, you're leading a book club. So I know what you're yes. reading, but tell us, tell us all of it. Because you're healthy, uh, you're super healthy. So I I'm need trying. To, uh, yeah, I, we're on a thing. We're doing our 20 year anniversary, and so we're going. I'm taking her somewhere fancy. We're going to Cancun, and so okay. I've got the get ready for Cancun. I want her to. I want her to look at a picture of us 20 years later and say, "I have the upgraded model now." And, and so I'm not eating ice cream, and I'm not drinking alcohol. And I'm staying away from all the, all the bad Arts. stuff. So yeah, uh, yeah I, I watched some Josh Ack stuff the other day and I'm like, oh, great. Now I've got to do all that stuff. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, think, I think eating is probably the best thing they could do is I, I got a um, athletic greens. It's like a, it's like a green smoothie like a thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So awesome. that's the eating thing is athletic greens every day. I just started that like five days ago. Okay. Uh, re reading. Yes, I do have yeah. the business builder book club, which is really fun. If you thought about starting a business, come read some books with us. Uh, brandixon.com slash book club. So we're just discussing start from zero, which shows you how to have a business idea. If you don't have a business idea, it's a great book. That's the one we're reading. We read two books a month. Yes, you have time to read two books a month, uh, but it might might mean shutting down some other things. Yep. And what was the last one? Uh, what are you loving? Loving. I'm loving talking to you today. Um, 
Yeah, I I am loving the opportunity that we have. I think we have such an amazing opportunity. Never in the history of the world. My kids and I have been listening to uh, the Business Wars podcast in the car, and they're doing uh, Hershey's and Mars. And it's like the origin story of how those companies became um, companies. And we're listening to it. And they're talking about the challenges of launching a candy bar and how hard it is to get it to Europe. And I'm like, are you kidding me? We have the internet for free. So mm. I'm loving the opportunity for us to be able to take out our phone. Really right now, you can take out your phone, you can look at the screen, you can say, listen, I want to pray for you right now. And then you can pray for somebody and you could text it to them. You could post it on TikTok. You could post it on Facebook and, and maybe millions of people will see it for free tonight. Like that is amazing. We have yeah. such an amazing, it's the Romans road of today. We have an amazing opportunity to share the word of God. So mm. we've got to decide where we're going to place our fear. And that's absolutely what I'm loving today. Mm. That's great. Hey, where can people find you? I know they're going to want to interact, interact with you, go follow you on Instagram. Tell us where we can find you, Brian. So fun. Yeah. Come send me a message on Instagram. I always love that. Um, once you listen to the podcast, like send me a message, tell me one thing that you appreciated or that you disagree with or a question that you have. I'd love to hear from you. I, I, I answer all my direct messages. Don't be afraid to reach out. And so that's on Instagram, Brian J. Dixon over on Instagram. And I do have a website with some resources. If you've ever thought about starting a business, I'm here to help female Christian entrepreneurs start and grow their online business so that they can make an impact and an income. And you can learn all about that at briandixon.com. And I have to tell y'all, the reason why I am podcast coaching is because I had a one-on-one conversation with Brian and I said, he said, well, what are you going to sell for your business? I was like, encouragement. He was like, encouragement doesn't sell. And I was like, it doesn't. All right. He's like, you can go to Pinterest for that. I was like, okay, well, some people want me to coach. And he's like, you need to do that. I'm like, I don't really think anyway, he's an excellent coach. So y'all go follow him. I follow you on like friends of a feather on Ren Robbins coach, like my personal, <laughs> I'm like, follow. I'm like, I, I, I need, I need to hear more. So no thanks fun. again, Brian, for coming on the show. And I really appreciate what you're doing uh, in your work and business, but also for the kingdom of God. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Ren. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.